You're listening to the Burke and Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the place I go to get my fantasy fulfilled. The best analysis, advice, and opinions on fantasy football that you can't find anywhere else. Let the fantasy begin. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let's get into the breaking news. Not a lot of news today. It's actually really slow news day. And I can just probably end it right there. But I won't. I'll give you some tidbits. DeAndre Swift has lingering concussion issues. Uh, That's going to be an issue. He was a great play this week. Everyone's really high on his production that he can potentially produce. The issue is DeAndre Swift might not be ready to play. So if that's the case, you're going to see a lot of Adrian Peterson. And Adrian Peterson would probably be a really good play in this one. But uh, you really need to watch for DeAndre Swift because it's one of those ones, if he's playing, you need to start him. But uh, if he's not, that's going to be a blow to your roster. And you need to pivot to something else and have a plan for it. So pay attention to that. Jake Scott, the safety on the historic 72 Dolphins team, the safety and Super Bowl MVP of the Super Bowl of their perfect season. He died at 75. It's a sad day for Dolphins fans, for the NFL, for everyone else. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Dolphins were able to pull off a feat that no one's been able to pull off since. And obviously the Patriots came really close. Uh, They had a perfect regular season, only to lose the Super Bowl against the Giants. And uh, yeah, they're the only ones that even sniffed that perfect record. So sad day in in Dolphin land. Everyone in Miami is, uh, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to them. And that's really the breaking news. Um, I guess I'll throw in Greg Olson. He ruptured, potentially ruptured his plantar fascia. Uh, Plantar fascia is on the foot. It's a pretty brutal injury. It takes uh, players a long time to recover uh, from it because it's just so painful. And if that's the case, this could be career-ending because he was close to the end already this year and decided to do one more go with the Seahawks. And uh, I'm thinking if he's hurt, he might not come back. So um, I'm, I'm sorry, Greg Olson. It was a joy watching you play tight end all those years. Uh, I'm, I'm still optimistic until the MRI comes out to uh, prove this. I'm hoping it's not the case. Uh, but if it is, like I said, it's going to be a, a tough break for him. And uh, I, I don't necessarily see him coming back from this. Um, and... I guess on that somber note, that is the breaking news. Uh, That's all we can muster in a 24-hour period. I want to cover that Thursday night game really quick, just because we're recording, the game happened, we want to talk about it. Definitely had some fantasy relevance. And the first thing I'm going to mention is this game... I thought it was going to be a lot higher scoring than it was. Both defenses kind of showed up to play better than I thought they would. Seahawks, 
you know, I mentioned in actually the previous podcast, so you don't have to go back very far for me to say, I really think the Seattle Seahawks defense is starting to come together and they're going to cause some matchup problems for offenses in the future. And they won't be the leaky defense that we saw the, you know, first 10 weeks of the, the season. But I did say it wouldn't be happening against the Cardinals. Well, it kind of did. They really, uh, the Cardinals were the number one offense in the NFL. And the Seahawks did a good job of really shutting them down a little bit. I mean, you hold that uh, Cardinal offense to 21 points, you're doing some good things. And uh, none of the Cardinals had games that I thought they would, I I guess, save for Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. But, uh, I mean, Russell Wilson was probably a little disappointing in this game. He was, uh, what, 23 for 28 for 197 yards. I was expecting more along the lines of maybe 300 yards. So he's about 100 yards off the pace I thought he was going to get. He did get two touchdowns to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. It's uh, The one thing I will say is it's nice to see both of them produce in one game instead of one or the other. That's been the case most of the season. So uh, neither of them had a huge breakout game, but they were able to score and at least keep your uh, uh, keep the uh, point total for your team uh, respectable in regards to fantasy football if you started them this week. Kyler Murray, I think he was even a bigger disappointment than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson got 42 yards rushing, which kind of helped a little bit. But Kyler Murray got 15. He averaged like three yards a carry. He was 29 for 42 for 269 yards and two touchdowns. So uh, they, they basically were dead even in regards to how many points they scored. And um, the Kyler Murray's touchdowns were to Chase Edmonds and Dan Arnold. I don't think a lot of people had either of those starting in your lineup in your fantasy football team. Although we, we did mention that uh, they would, uh, or Chase Edmonds should be a start this week. So that was good to see that uh, Chase Edmonds had a good week since we were telling everyone to start him. And uh, yeah, just the way it goes sometimes. It's hard, it's hard to predict. Uh, running backs, Carlos Hyde just came and had a day. He was the main guy for Seattle, and we thought it was going to be Alex Collins. I wasn't sure Carlos Hyde would be back in time for the game. He was, and he played, and he played well. I mean, he had 14 attempts for 79 yards and a touchdown, caught the ball twice for 16 yards, and that's a pretty solid workmanlike day for your fantasy uh, running back position. So if you put uh, Hyde in there at the last minute and started him, good for you. Uh, He was the number one back, actually, in this game. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds were pretty even in regards to points. Uh, They both couldn't rush the ball very well, even though Kenyon Drake did get a touchdown run. But uh, Chase Edmonds came back and got the touchdown pass. Uh, They both had four receptions, uh, 31 yards for Drake, 36 yards for Chase Edmonds. And uh, he had to be pretty happy with that. Uh, And I'll I'll just say with uh, Kenyon Drake's usage, it's kind of relief because I was leaving him for dead in, uh, earlier on in the season when he was looking really bad. And his usage by the Cardinals offense makes me like him a little bit more going forward. Uh, he, he's no longer a guy that I would keep on my bench. I'm playing him in all formats, 
and expecting him to be productive. Wide receiver-wise, that was probably the biggest like disappointment in this game. Uh, Tyler Lockett had nine receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown, and DK Metcalf only had three receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown. It actually could have been more. DK Metcalf did this like crossing pattern. Um, Russell Wilson hit him in stride, and DK Metcalf dropped it. And if you looked at the replay, there wasn't anyone around. He would have been able to outrun everyone that was chasing him. It would have been a touchdown. So kind of disappointing in that regard if you had DK Metcalf on your team, knowing that uh, points like that just uh, slipped through uh, your grasp. Christian Kirk and DeAndre Hopkins weren't they weren't very good plays. And uh, I'll be honest, they should have been kind of your top plays of the week playing against the Seattle secondary. Hopkins had five catches for 51 yards. Kirk had four catches for 50 yards. And it's not the production you want in this type of matchup. And I thought they could have done better. And actually, they were both outshined by Larry Fitzgerald, who had eight receptions for 62 yards. So whatever in this game... um, I mean, I don't understand it, but Larry Fitzgerald had the most targets with 10 out of actually everyone uh, that was uh, in the stadium today for this game. Never would have saw that happening. Tight end-wise, you know, we did mention Greg Olson getting injured, so that's a shame. And uh, Disley and Jacob Hollister, both between the two, had three receptions. No touchdowns whatsoever uh, for any of the Seahawks' tight ends. And if you put all the Seahawks tight ends together, it makes a very pedestrian uh, five catches for 44 yards and zero touchdowns. So, uh, you know, all three tight ends together don't even equal a good one tight end uh, in in this one. Dan Arnold, uh, you know, the prediction of Dan Arnold just blowing up the fantasy football world, scoring a touchdown. Um, Well, he did it. And we all predicted it, right, that Dan Arnold was going to score a touchdown for the Cardinals and uh, be the tight end that was going to be the the uh, the guy that was going to catch all the passes. Uh, Max Williams didn't do anything, two for 29. And I'll just say the game was entertaining just for the fact that the Cardinals should have won this game. The, the, the Cardinals were the better team in this one. They just had so many penalties. And... I'm not going to say it was the refs that cost them the game because, yeah, the refs were involved a lot, but the Cardinals legitimately did these stupid penalties that cost them the game. So you can't blame anyone but yourself if you're the Arizona Cardinals in this game. You had it right at your fingertips and you blew it. And that uh, unnecessary or unsportsmanlike uh, penalty on Kirkpatrick was uh, pretty devastating and uh, helped Seattle go down and... uh, score some points on that drive. And it's just stuff like that that can't happen, that uh, kept happening for the Cardinals and just really put them in a hole that they couldn't come out of. Kyler Murray was kind of rusty. Seahawks were actually having a pretty decent pass rush in this game. And the Cardinals were actually having a pretty decent pass rush, which with the Seattle offensive line, as bad as it is, you kind of knew that was going to be the case. And that's my biggest worry with the Seattle Seahawks team team right now is they look great they're playing against some good competition and winning but that line unless it improves or they do something with it I don't think it's sustainable to uh, make a big playoff push so we'll see but overall the the game was a fun game for a Thursday night and 
yeah, it was from a fantasy football perspective, a little disappointing. Who do I start this week? What's the point spread? What are the injuries? Should I bench this guy? I don't know what to do. Man. I just hope I win. The Burke and Ms. the Wiz Montalban Weekly Preview Starting now. The first game we're going to do is the New York Jets at the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Jets will be taking a jet all the way to the West Coast, where it is a, you know, the Chargers are favored by 8.5 points, 8.5, and it's a 47 over under. I'm taking the Jets because I think it's going to be over 47 points. So take the over, and for that to happen, the Jets have to keep this close. And, and I think the Jets' offense has been improving a little bit, game by game. They don't look as anemic as they looked the, uh, or I shouldn't say anemic, apneic. Uh, they don't look as apneic as they have early on in the season. So they can produce points. Just their defense isn't any good either, so that's why they'll lose this game. Even though the Chargers try to find as many ways as possible to lose games, they won't lose this one. You're starting Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is the man. He uh, gets his hair cut, looks like a child with acne. And uh, I'm not ripping on acne, but I am ripping on the fact that he looks like he's 14 years old. So, uh, but maybe the haircut's going to be the thing, and he's going to have a record-breaking performance. And actually, in predicting that, I think you'll have a huge performance against the Jets. Uh, Kalen Balage, I think he's one of the top running backs to play in this matchup. Uh, I think they'll get an early lead, and they'll be running, and actually... Balaj isn't a bad receiver either, so he'll be getting some uh, receptions as well. So he's he's the play here until Eckler gets back, which won't be this week. So uh, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are all good starts. They should have pretty big games. You can start them with confidence. And then Hunter Henry, the one thing the Jets, uh, well, I should say they're bad at defending against the wide receiver, but the one thing they're worse at than defending against the wide receiver is defending against the tight end. So uh, expect Hunter Henry to have a good game. If you have him on your roster, you're pretty disappointed, but you're pretty disappointed in all the tight ends, but you won't be in this game. Hunter Henry should have a good game. And you're sitting the other running backs, like Tremaine Pope, Joshua Kelly, get out of here. Uh, I mean, you should almost be dropping Kelly at this point, unless you're in a a fantasy league. Unless you're in a dynasty league, if you're in a dynasty league, you might want to hang on to Kelly. He might have some potential value down the road, but for this season, uh, if it's a you know one and done type league, uh, you can drop him. I don't see him making an impact at all at this point anymore. So that's uh, about it on this game. I'm not a. Not, it's, I'm not excited about it. I'm interested to see how Herbert plays. I am excited about him. Balage. I want to see how Balage plays, believe it or not, because I find it so ironic that he went to, like, three teams this year so far. And, uh, well, I should two teams. The, uh, you know, he went from, 
got signed by the Jets, and then uh, he got cut by the Jets. And you know when Adam Gase is cutting you, and you're Adam Gase's guy, it looked like it was the end of the road for Bellage. And no, it's not. He showed up in uh, Los Angeles and is actually looking better than he's looked anywhere else. So uh, it doesn't surprise me because, he, again, he's a guy that came from an Adam Gase uh, coach team. But, uh, it, yeah, it, it's kind of a revenge game for him in, in this regard because he started out with the Jets and now he's playing against them. So I am looking forward to watching that and uh, seeing if it's the uh, revenge game that uh, I think it's going to be. This next game is the Miami Dolphins at the Denver Broncos. The Dolphins are favored by three points. It's a 45.5 over-under. I am taking the Broncos. Dolphins are going all the way from Miami. It's about a five-hour flight to Denver. Everyone knows that Denver's a tough place to play with the altitude, regardless on how good the Denver Broncos are. And I think that this is a close game for Miami. Potentially they can lose this game. Uh, Two as a young guy has never played in Denver. It will be a new experience for him. Having said that, I really don't know what to think about this game. It it could go so many different ways. Uh, I've actually probably spent the most time thinking about this game in regards to the different outcomes. But, uh, you know, the 45.5 point uh, over-under, I'm taking the under on this. With everything, I I definitely think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. And uh, it uh, it won't be passed you know, it won't reach 46, I guess is what I'm saying. Starting-wise, uh, Salvin Ahmed is a great start. I think he has a great game. And it won't be, you know, be, this will be before Miles Gaskins get, comes back from IR, so this potentially could be his last great game. But uh, I'm going all-in on Salvin Ahmed. I, I just think he's a great play here and will totally dominate this uh, Denver defense. Their their rush defense has definitely been slipping the last five weeks, mostly due to injury. And I get that they're at home and their rush defense tends to be a little bit better, but uh, I I still think that uh, it's not going to be in this game. Jakeem Grant, he's my other guy. If you get kick return yards, I definitely like Jakeem Grant. I just think that he's the other receiver. They're going to be focused on Devontae Parker. The Broncos have a lot of injuries in their secondary, especially at cornerback. And it's going to be one of those games where, you know, again, they're going to try to lock down Devontae Parker. It's going to open up a lot of room for Jakeem Grant. And I'm liking that matchup for him, so you need to start him. You're sitting everyone else for the Dolphins. Tua Tagovailoa. Um, the he needs to be Devontae Parker. Like I said, they're going to be focused on him. And then they do really well against the tight end position. So Mike Kosicki isn't lined up to have a good game. You can have him on your bench. Uh, on the opposite end, the Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. You need to start both of them. I think they both have pretty solid games. Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, both of those receivers, I think they have pretty good games. You can start them and expect good things. And you're sitting Drew Locke, unfortunately. Um, if he plays, there's questions on if he'll play. He's saying he's you know, not as hurt as what uh, what they thought originally. 
He's working his way back. He wants to play. And my big question to uh, that line of news is, do the Broncos want him to play? Because for as bad as he's played the last couple weeks, this might be a good reset and saying, okay, Drew Locke, we don't want you to play. Uh, you're, you're not doing it for us. Um, but Drew Locke's really pushing to play, saying he's going to be fine. So that's what I'm going off of. I, th- I think he'll be in there. But I don't think he's a good start. You need to bench him. And uh, Noah Fant, I hate to say it, but Noah Fant is coming off an injury as well. He's might play, might not play. Um, I don't want to risk it. Drew Locke can't get him the ball, and Noah Fant is open a lot, but Drew Locke still can't get him the ball. So in this type of matchup with his injury, uh, it makes me a little bit nervous, and he is currently on my bench. So Dolphins-Broncos game, it's one of the ones I'm not looking forward to watching. I, again, think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and it's not necessarily going to be because of great defense, except for I really do like the Dolphins' defense in this one. I think they can be a good play. And, uh, I'm, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, how Tua plays in the, in the altitude of the uh, Mile High City. This next game we're going to preview is the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. And I'm excited about this one. I think there's going to be a it's going to be a high-scoring game with a lot of great people that you can start in this matchup. So if you have any players from either of these teams, you're you're probably going to be starting them. Uh, and actually going through my list, I only have one sit in this game. So uh, you're looking at this game kind of uh you know, you're you're drooling a little bit at the prospects of what can be. You're starting Andy Dalton. You heard me right. Andy Dalton, who came back or recovered from a concussion, just recovered from COVID, is now coming back for his very first game, and you can start him. Uh, I say this just because this Minnesota Vikings defense, and especially the secondary, is not good. They give up a lot of yards, a lot of points to the opposing quarterback, and I, th- I think Andy Dalton plays better than he did the last time he was taking snaps under center. So throw him in there. The matchup's too good to ignore. But, uh, yeah, everyone else too. Ezekiel Elliott. Basically, if they're wearing a star on their helmet, you're starting them and expecting good things. Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Uh, start all of them. The, uh, the I, Again, this is one of those issues where there's a lot of weapons and uh, which one's going to be the one that gets the uh, targets and the volume. You know it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott in the rushing game, but uh, who's it going to be in the passing game? And I've actually liked the uses of Michael Gallup lately. He was kind of on the verge of you can just cut him and get rid of him, and you still probably could now, but uh, if you're paying attention to his targets, his last two weeks of targets without uh, Dak Prescott have been pretty impressive. And uh, he, he might be coming back to fantasy relevance. And uh, this is going to be a good start for that to happen against this Vikings uh, secondary. My only sit is Dalton Schultz. Sorry, tight ends, Vikings. Vikings can defend the tight end position. And uh, Dalton Schultz is unfortunately the, the tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. For the Vikings, if you have a horn on your helmet in this game, you're probably in your start you know they should be in your starting lineup Kirk Cousins uh, I can't believe I'm saying this I think Kirk Cousins is a top five QB this week we'll see 
Um, I'm kind of, you know, I know I'm throwing my uh, myself out there by saying that he's going to be that good. It's hard to rely on Kirk Cousins, but I do. I think he has a great week. The Cowboys' defense is not good. Um, you know, they looked pretty good against the Steelers, of course, but uh, I think it was one of those games where it was an anomaly, and uh, it's it's not going to happen again. The, the rest of the season has kind of been more of the, the blueprint for this Cowboys defense. So Davin Cook is going to have a monster game. You're not thinking about benching him, no matter who he plays anyways. But uh, Justin Jefferson, I think, is a top play. Adam Thielen, he's a top play. Irv Smith at tight end. He could be a sneaky play at tight end. I just really like him and his potential in this one. Uh, all the way around, I really like a lot of these plays on this matchup. So... The Vikings are favored by seven points, but I think the Cowboys keep it close. So I'm taking the Cowboys. I think the Vikings win, but not by a touchdown. It's less than that. And the over-under is 48.5. I'm definitely taking the over on this. I think it's, you know, a 35 to 30 type game for, you know, and the Vikings end up winning it. So... They're just, you know, when I have a lot of starts and, and not any sits, that proves to me that I need to be doing the over. And uh, in order for it to be the, the uh, over, there needs to be a lot of scoring on both sides. So that's why I think the uh, the Vikings aren't able to cover the spread in this one. This next game is the Green Bay Packers at the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are favored by one and a half points. I'm taking Green Bay. I think Green Bay wins this game. And even if Green Bay was favored by one and a half points, I'd still be taking Green Bay in this one. I get the Colts' defense looks pretty good. And the Packers' team didn't look very good last week against the Jaguars. But I don't see the Colts winning this game. The over-under is 51 and a half points. I'm taking the under. I think it's a low-scoring game. There's there's not a lot of people that I like in this matchup, except for the defenses. I mean, I, I do like the defenses. But, uh, I mean, you're starting Aaron Rodgers. You're starting Aaron Jones. You're starting Devontae Adams. And that's just because of rain, uh, name recognition in this one. And their talents. They're good players. So you have the triplets for the Packers. And uh, it, it's really just a good faith start. You know, you're never taking them out of your lineup the way they've been playing this year. So uh, they're in there. Everyone else is on the bench. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Robert Tanyan at tight end, Alan Lazard, who probably won't be even ready this week. Uh, he just got uh, off the IR and is practicing for the Packers. But uh, I'm not sure he's ready for this game. Uh, but I wanted to put him in there anyways in case people had some doubt on whether to start him. You don't. You keep him on your bench in this matchup. It's not a good matchup. And then on the the, the Colts side of the ball, the only person I really – well, I like Michael Pittman Jr. just because of the targets I think he's going to get from Rivers. Uh, you're getting like, you know, 10 to 13 targets a game. I like that opportunity at receiver. So even in a bad matchup that he has, I like him in this one because of that. And then Naheem Hines – the reason why I like Naheem Hines better than the other two running backs is not because he ran the ball more last week and had more points. It's because the Packers give up quite a bit of points to the receiving running back out of the backfield. 
That is Naheem Hines. He's the best pass-catching running back on the team, so you need to start him with confidence. But everyone else is really a sit. Phillip Rivers, uh, he needs to be not starting on any team this week. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, Jonathan Taylor, they're getting less and less opportunities. Jordan Wilkins is more of like the between-the-20s type running back. He doesn't score, doesn't get a lot of uh, passing volume, so he, he's definitely on the bench. And then Jonathan Taylor, he's just, you know, his vision, I don't trust it. I don't expect him to have a good game. He can be on your bench against his, uh, the Green Bay Packers. And uh, Zach Paschal and T.Y. Hilton, Trey Burton, all those guys can be on the bench as well. I don't expect big things from them. And, uh, yeah, I think this will be a low-scoring game that will be more defensive-driven. Uh, uh, but still has a lot of implications. I mean, they're both really good teams. Colts need to uh, keep the first place in the AFC South, while the Packers need to gain a cushion on the rest of the teams in the NFC North. So it'll be a fun game. This Sunday night game is going to be a doozy. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a rematch from earlier where the Raiders beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium, did a victory uh, lap around the airport and uh, everywhere else around Kansas City, kind of rubbed it in the Chiefs' face. Chiefs are upset about it. They're going to come back and to do a revenge game. They're going to win. Chiefs are favored by 6.5. I think they cover. But uh, having said that, there's not a lot of people I like in this matchup. So 57 is the over/under. I'm taking the under on that, just because. Again, there's. I'm starting guys just because of who they are, not because of their matchup. And the matchups aren't really that good. Patrick Mahomes, you're starting him because he's the best quarterback in the NFL. You're, even if this was a horrible matchup, you'd be starting him. But the the matchup is average. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, I think he gets a lot of receiving yards. The Raiders give up a ton of receiving yards to the running back. I think that's going to happen in this one because the Chiefs do a great job of getting the ball in the passing game to the running back. So it's it's one of those things where check and check. Chiefs are good at it. The Raiders are not good at it, so they're going to exploit it. Uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Darrell Williams, they could be on your bench. Although I do like Daryl Williams better. It seems like they're utilizing him more than Le'Veon Bell now. And uh, that's really bad news for Le'Veon Bell. And if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner. Um, But uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, they don't have good matchups in this one. But you're not benching them. You're going to be playing them with confidence. They're the top players at their positions. Uh, You know, if you're going to bench anyone, it's Demarcus Robinson and Nicole Hardman and those guys. So... Um, on the Raider side of the ball, Josh Jacobs again receiving yards. I think can play dividends. I don't think he gets a lot of rushing yards, however, and uh, I think the Raiders will be playing from behind in this one. It's uh, I think that's how the game flow will work out. And Hunter Renfro, I have starting. I think he's the only receiver that will be getting targets, so he could potentially get like a sneaky touchdown in this one. And that's why I have him starting. Everyone else, though, I have on the bench. Henry Ruggs, I don't think we'll have a good game. Nelson Aguilar, I don't think we'll have a good game. 
Uh, Derek Carr definitely won't have a good game. He needs to be on your bench. But uh, Darren Waller, I have him starting because the Raiders need to get the ball somewhere. So I think he'll be the middle of the field and kind of in that Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller uh, territory. So, again, they both don't have really good matchups, but uh, I think they'll get a lot of targets that will help them have a pretty decent day. And uh, this is a, a great rivalry. It's AFC West football. You love to see it. I'm happy it's Sunday night. You know, whoever did the scheduling for the networks this uh, this week did a hell of a job when you got the Seattle-Arizona game on Thursday, Kansas City Raiders on Sunday night, and then the Rams and the Buccaneers on Monday night. Those are uh, – you couldn't have uh, – you couldn't have uh, – put those three uh, that you couldn't package those games any better than what they are right now the final game is the monday night matinee between the los angeles rams at the tampa bay buccaneers and i know the rams are going all the way from the west coast to the east coast but i think they win the buccaneers are favored by four Give me the four points in the Rams any day, because even if the Buccaneers win, I don't think it'll be by more than four points. The over-under is 48.5, and in this game, I think it's going to be a defensive matchup. Give me the under on this one. Uh, I'm starting Daryl Henderson for the Rams, just for his receiving yards. The Buccaneers do give up some receiving yards to running backs, and Daryl Henderson is their guy for the Rams. Uh, Cooper Cup, it's a bad matchup. But I think he gets a lot of the targets, so I'm starting him. Everyone else I'm sitting. Jared Goff, I'm sorry, especially after you had a great matchup last week and didn't do much. You're on my bench. And it actually is kind of interesting because the Seahawks did pretty well against Kyler Murray. They pretty much shut down Jared Goff the week before. And I'm wondering if this is going to start being a trend with the Seahawks. You know, they're so bad at defending the quarterback, maybe they're improving. But... Regardless, I'm getting off track a little bit. The uh, Outside of Jared Goff, you're benching, man, everyone else. Cam Akers, Malcolm Brown, I don't think that they'll have very big games or volume enough to be uh, considered a viable play. Josh Reynolds, Bobby Trees. Uh, Bobby Trees has been pretty disappointing lately, and Josh Reynolds has been out-targeting him by a lot. Uh, even uh, having said that, Josh Reynolds, I, I don't think, has a good game in this one. And then Tyler Higby, Gerald Everett, they can be on your bench. Tight ends don't do well against the Buccaneers, and these guys won't either. The Buccaneers, you know, I have Tom Brady on my bench. This is not a good matchup for him. Aaron Donald's going to be in the backfield, basically on Tom Brady's lap the whole game. It's going to be making Tom Brady's... Uh, world really uncomfortable. Tom Brady doesn't like to be uncomfortable, and uh, it's it's not going to turn out to be a good game for him. Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, same thing. They're on the bench. I, the Rams' defensive line does a great job of holding up the run, and I I don't think Ronald Jones gets enough passing volume to be relevant. I think they're both on your bench. And uh, Antonio Brown, you know, he just had those uh, allegations again of. Uh, well, they're new allegations, actually, of throwing, what, like exercise equipment or something at somebody. Um, this was stuff the NFL didn't know about yet. That could hurt 
Antonio Brown's roster status in the future if he's suspended by the league. Uh, we don't know yet, but in this particular game, I don't think he has a good game. I think he's locked down, and I think Mike Evans is locked down as well. So that's a lot of people to be locked down, uh, but the Rams are a good defense, and uh, that's what they do. Chris Godwin I like just from a volume standpoint. I think he's their number one receiver, and you never want to bench a number one receiver regardless of the matchup just because of that volume. And then Rob Gronkowski and Cameron Brait, they have ho-hum matchups. They're middle of the road, but they need to be started just because Tom Brady needs to throw it somewhere. And uh, I think he's going to target both of these tight ends. And they can get some cheap touchdowns for sure with how bad the tight ends are playing. You know, if one of them just scores like a three-yard touchdown, that could be enough to be a top play at tight end. Uh, And I'm not joking. It's just it's been that barren at tight end. So definitely those guys can be starters. I'm really looking forward to this game because I think it's going to be good defense, not just really bad offense is causing the defense to look good. And those are always the really fun games to watch. But, uh, yeah, I'm not looking uh, for any fantasy relevance in this one. I just don't see it there. I think it's you're going to be disappointed uh, if you're depending on a, you know, a high-scoring performance on one of those guys for victory at the end of the week. Here's the much-anticipated FanDuel lineup where we go, give you your lineup, Hopefully you plug it in and you win some money. That's the goal anyways. And we'll start it off with our quarterback position. This guy's at $8,500, which is pretty steep, but uh, there was a lot of questions at running back in regards to injuries and, and quarterback situations. So I am decided to spend my money at quarterback where I can get a surefire thing, and it's Justin Herbert coming out of his mom's basement after eating pizza rolls, throwing three or four touchdowns, and then going back down to go play video games the rest of the night. He's playing the New York Jets. Matchup made in heaven. I really like this matchup and think that he's going to have a, one of the best days of the week. So put him in your lineup. And in that same vein, the same very uh, exact game, I have Kalen Balaj as my running back at $5,800. Jets give up uh, just a lot of points in general to every position. And Kalen Balaj, I think receiving the ball, running the ball, is going to do a lot of things. And for $5,800, I will take that all day long. And uh, you don't really find a value like that too often. So when you do, you need to jump on it. My next running back is Mike Davis for the Carolina Panthers. The Detroit Lions are the worst team in football defending the running back position. Mike Davis is a good bet to just go off. And he's kind of been slept on because he's had some pretty bad matchups. And uh, true to form, hasn't produced in those bad matchups. But this is a really good matchup. So I expect really big things from him. Uh, It's looking like Teddy Bridgewater might not play, and it will be P.J. Walker. So that makes me a little hesitant for uh, Mike Davis. But I just love that matchup. It's And it's $7,400. It's uh, it fits in my budget. I'm taking it. My next play, and you're going to start sensing a theme here in regards to how I constructed this lineup. It was basically anybody playing the Jets, put them in your lineup. Because that's what I did here with Keenan Allen. $8,000, pretty expensive, but he's playing the Jets. And he gets like 14 targets a game uh, against a 
porous Jets defense like this, I'm taking the chance on Keenan Allen. And I let's be honest, I just really kind of like his uh, his uh, beard that he has going on. It's uh, kind of fitting for the, the season, and uh, I'm going all in on Keenan Allen and his beard. Terry McLaurin is my next wide receiver, $7,300. That's against Cincinnati. You saw what three receivers did against Cincinnati last week when uh, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster all were able to have great performances. So Terry McLaurin's the guy. I I think Alex Smith's able to get him the ball a lot better than Kyle Allen or Dwayne Haskins. And this is going to be a big day for Terry McLaurin. My next wide receiver is Jacoby Myers. He's playing the Houston Texans. And the Houston Texans aren't very good at defending wide receivers on their routes. As much targets as Joby, uh, Jacoby Myers has gotten the last couple weeks, I'm on board with it. I think he has another big game. He's only $6,000. So at $6,000 with that value, uh, that many targets... Uh, sign me up for it. I'm putting him in my lineup. And then tight end, I am banished him. To, you know, I 86 him till said I'd never start him again. I was done with him. Here we are about seven, eight weeks later, and he's in my starting lineup again. I, what can I say? I forgive very quickly. I forget very quickly. <laughs> it's Logan Thomas. $5,200. I like his rapport that he can have with Alex Smith. Alex Smith definitely uses the tight ends a lot better than Kyle Allen or uh, Dwayne Haskins. And uh, it's against Cincinnati, who can't defend the tight end position very well. So I'm going all game long with Logan Thomas in this one. I think I have him in every single lineup. My flex, and this is a little scary. It's DeAndre Swift. It's not scary because if he plays, he's going to have a top, I think he's going to have the top performance of the week, but uh, he got a concussion last week, and he's not cleared. They're not sure if he's going to play. If that's the case, you need to pivot, And uh, but I'm keeping him in my lineup until I hear otherwise, because this is a matchup that you dream of at night. This is the, the matchup that wins you money, and uh, against Carolina, who's just horrible at stopping the rush you know you saw Ronald Jones run for 98 yards in one play against them last week so not that I think Swift's going to get a 90 something yard run but he's going to do a lot of damage and he's going to get a lot of yards so he's uh, very comfortably put into my flex spot until I hear that he's not playing and then on defense I have the Los Angeles Chargers against the Jets and the Jets are 30th uh, giving up points to defenses, which means they basically turn the ball over all the time, and defensive have uh, defensive defenses have solid performances against them. They're at forty five hundred dollars. I like the you know at that price range that gives me a lot of uh, wiggle room, and uh, I think they can have one of the more dominating performances of the week outside of the Dolphins and Steelers. So I have that third option. I'm going to take it. Fits into my budget, and I'm really confident with this lineup. I think it's a winner, and the only thing left to do is to uh, watch the games, find out, and we'll talk about it next week. Now it's time for 
the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban. Stars of the week. Let's see who they are. Hey, and here's the stars of the week. Great segment where we try to pick the top three players at each position based off of fantasy points for the week. And let's see how we do on this. Um, number three, I have Justin Herbert against the Jets. Because when you're a Jet, you're a Jet from your first cigarette to your last dying day. And Justin Herbert is going to annihilate these Jets. It's just the perfect matchup for him. He's going to rock it. We've talked about it probably twice now already. <laughs> so I'm not going to mention it again. This is the game. Justin Herbert's going to have a good one. Number two star is going to be Ben Roethlisberger at the Jaguars. Roethlisberger doesn't really play great at Jacksonville, but this defense the Jaguars have is just, I don't know, it's just not good. They give up a lot of passing yards. Steelers can't run. That's going to cause Ben to drop back a lot of times and have to throw the ball a lot of times. So I think it's going to be a great game for him and uh, dominant performance against the Jaguars. My number one star of the week is going to be Patrick Mahomes at the Raiders. It's that revenge game that I've already talked about. And it's tough to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I, I think he's going to have four touchdowns in this one and really light up the Raiders and make them regret ever doing a victory lap around Kansas City. Um, and, and just the rivalry factor of this game makes it pretty fun. Running back, my number three running back is Alvin Kamara versus the Falcons. Now, I get Alvin Kamara's kind of hurt, so, you know, with his toe, so he might not play. I think he does play. I think he plays well. With Drew Brees out, you definitely need him out there, and they're going to use him like a crutch. And Alvin Kamara's probably the best crush in the, uh, crutch in the NFL, so he's my number three star. My number two star is Kalen Balaj, because when you're a Jet, you're a Jet. Um... I just think he's going to dominate the Jets. Uh, the, the Chargers have a pretty good offense. Kalen Balaj, this might be the last time he gets to carry the ball before Austin Eckler gets back for the Chargers. So it's going to be a good play and a top three uh, production from that spot. My number one's Dalvin Cook. Always have Dalvin Cook in there. I just think he's fantastic and just is the best running back in football right now. And against the Cowboys with the Cowboy defense, I'm always putting my money on Davin Cook to have a big game in these type of matchups. At wide receiver, my number three is Tyreek Hill at the Raiders. And I put him there because Patrick Mahomes needs someone to throw to. And why not throw it to Tyreek Hill, who's one of the best in the game. He's so explosive. I think there's going to be a lot of big plays and Tyreek Hill will be the recipient from, uh, from that. My number two star is Terry McLaurin against the Bengals. The Bungles, they, they can't cover anybody. I, I do get that uh, William Jackson. Whoa, I'm falling over myself. I, I do get that uh, William Jackson is going to be covering Terry McLaurin, but I don't think it matters. Terry McLaurin's such a technician with his route running. He can get open deep. He can basically just get open anywhere. So he's going to have a great game and be a top three receiver in this matchup. And then my number one is Justin Jefferson versus the Cowboys. I mean, it just the Vikings are going to have a heyday 
against this defense. So I have Dalvin Cook as number one. I have Justin Jefferson as number one. I think he gets over 100 yards and at least one touchdown. If he gets more than that, that's just gravy on top. But it's going to be a big day for uh, for him, and you need to he needs to be the number one star of the week. Tight end. My number three star of the week is Hunter Henry versus the Jets, and there it is again. There's not a good a lot of good tight end matchups that I like this week. Hunter Henry is one of them. The Jets aren't very good at defending the tight end position. Hunter Henry needs to get more volume. I think he gets it, uh, gets his confidence back a little bit for the postseason run, uh, at least for fancy football purposes. Not for the Chargers because, let's face it, the Chargers are not going to the playoffs this year. Uh, but it is entertaining watching them and looking at the different ways or, or watching the different ways they're going to lose the game. My number two tight end is Logan Thomas. Talked about him a lot. Just like this matchup. Alex Smith is going to be getting him the ball a lot. Alex Smith knows how to get the tight end the ball a lot. Logan Thomas will be open against his porous defense, defending that tight end position. So I want all shares of Logan Thomas. My number one star of the week at tight end is Travis Kelsey at the Raiders because, again, Patrick Mahomes needs someone to throw to. It's going to be Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And tight end has just been so bad the last but three weeks, four weeks, that uh, even with a bad matchup for him, with the target volume he's going to get, he's always going to be a top play. I mean, he just outscores other tight ends by at least five points. And uh, that's a great advantage to have at the tight end position. So um, he's my number one star of the week, and I'm looking forward to it. Let's see how close we are, and we'll be talking about it next week. The Week 11 grind is in the books. All the analysis and predictions are done. Now it's just time to sit back, relax, and cheer on your team to fantasy football victory this coming up NFL Sunday. You're listening to Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Show. I am Miz the Wiz Montalban. You can listen to us on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the major podcasting channels. And please like us, review us, rate us, whatever you can do. We appreciate everybody listening. And in the meantime, good luck. See you next week. And cheers.